What's up, Say What family? Welcome back to the Say What podcast. I am so excited that you're here today hanging out with me. This is my very first video recording podcast, and I'm not sure if I like it. Don't really know how I feel about it. I don't know where to look. I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm just going to be moving them around and being weird about it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Welcome back to the Say What Podcast. My name is Hannah. This is your first time listening, and I'm so excited that you're here. We talk about sex, talk about relationships, talk about marriage, talk about painful sex, talk about purity culture and church, so many things, and it's a really fun time. So very excited that you're here. I like to start off every podcast with some life updates, and so the first life update is that today... Well, when you're listening to this, it would have been Monday. Well, when I'm recording this on Friday. So today I launched my membership program and the enrollment opened today. So I've had some friends join the Say What membership and I'm so, so, so excited to have you guys in the membership program. You get a lot of extra stuff, but the most important thing you get with joining the membership is you get a community of women who are going to come alongside you and help you feel less alone and are going to support you and encourage you and just like help you grow in your relationships and grow as a human, a Christian, a wife, a mother, all of that. And I'm just so freaking excited to have you guys in the membership. It's going to be so much fun. We're already having a good time in the Facebook groups. So there's not too late for you to enroll in the memberships. And so you can do that by clicking the link in the episode notes and it gives you all the information. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for supporting me and supporting Say What. It, you know, doing this membership is something I've dreamt about for a while and I can't believe it's happening. And I also just like have to be real with you guys. Doing this membership is helping me like take the next step to making this my full-time job. So I really want this to be what I can do full time to be able to like su- like serve you guys and support you and help you and help you overcome purity culture and have pain-free sex. And um, I love doing this, but it's not what I do full time yet. And so this is the next step in being able to do that full time. So I just really appreciate you guys supporting me and supporting this ministry. It really means so, so, so much to me. And I literally jump up and down every time I see somebody joining the membership. I just can't believe it's real. I like run in. I'm like, Thomas, someone else joined and I can't believe it. Oh, it's so crazy. So it's been a really fun day. Um, let's see what other life updates I have. That's like the main one. Cause that's just all I've been thinking about and focused on. I haven't really been doing anything else. I've been working a lot. Um, not much else going on. I was like, do I have a fun story I could tell you? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have anything, anything fun. We have started going to the gym, which has been really fun. We've been like moving our bodies every day, which is something that I like really wanted to do. And I have noticed that I have an extreme difference in my energy level. If I go to the gym and if I don't go to the gym, if I don't go to the gym, I'm like dead asleep at 2 PM because I have no energy. If I go to the gym, like even if it's at the evening of like from the day before, or cause we usually work out in the evenings. I am not a morning workout kind of girl. I like, would love to be a morning workout kind of girl, but I'm just not. And I just, that's not the kind of person I am. And I'm going to, I would love to be that aesthetic girl who like wakes up and doesn't look at her phone and reads her Bible, does her five minute journal, and then like goes and works out and drinks her green juice and then come home and goes to work and is super focused and doesn't get on her phone during the day. And that's just not me. So we're just getting the real life relatable content here. I'm would love to do that, but that's just not who I am, but I'm okay with that. So I work out in the evenings and I can really tell a difference when I am moving my body versus not moving my body. So if you are looking for a sign to move your body, here it is. Do it. It gives you so much energy and you can hate it every second that it's happening, but you will feel better afterwards. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that. I'm not on some like big health grind. I'm just like 
we're going to the gym a couple times a week and it's feeling good. So thought I would share that with you. I will also, this should make you feel better if you're like feeling intimidated about the gym and working out and stuff. This is my, I think, fourth or fifth Planet Fitness membership in my life. I, I am the queen of like deciding to go to the gym, getting a membership and then canceling it and then doing that again six months later and then doing that again a year later. And now here I am on my fifth membership. So me and Planet Fitness, we're besties. I, we have like commitment issues with each other though. We're not really sure if we're going to like stick it out or not, but this time, this time I'm really committed, really, really committed to Planet Fitness. This is not a Planet Fitness ad. It'd be cool if it was though, but it's just not. (laughs) But I just wanted to tell you guys that you, if you're looking for a reason to go move your body today to give you energy, here it is. Here's your sign. Do it. You will feel better afterwards and your future self will thank you for moving your body. Okay, let's just dive right into the topic today. Let's get into it. So earlier this week on Instagram, I posted a post. Um, That's hard to say. Posted a post. I posted a post about um, purity culture and how it makes me not trust men. And I had a lot of really good responses on that post. And people had a lot of really good things to say and um, just had some really good feedback and stuff. And so I thought that I would spend a whole episode talking about this because it's really nuanced and there's a lot to it. So I'm really excited to jump into that. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So uh, this kind of conversation is pretty nuanced, honestly. I have a lot of thoughts about it. um, And I want to like go into it saying that there's a lot of reasons that you could not trust men and men proving to you that they are not trustworthy is one of them. I'm, I, you guys know that I stand up for victim and victims and survivors of sexual assault. I talk about that a lot and, um, the importance of believing women like that is so important to me. And so I know that there are men out there who have caused you not to trust other men. And I like totally support you in that and invalid, like validating you in that. Um, but that is not what we're talking about today. So we're separating, I think there's a separation between the two. What we're talking about today is how much purity culture makes us fear men, makes us not trust men, and really makes them out to be some like crazy animal who can't control themselves and what that does to us and our relationships and our friendships with men. And it's I'm talking about it from, from the perspective that men, like these boys or men have not done anything to us to make us not trust them. It's just because purity culture has taught us not to trust them. So that's really what we're talking about today. I'm, like I said, totally validate and like support people who are like, I don't trust men because men maybe not trust men. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the other side of it. So um, I like, like I could go into the other, the other conversation a lot too. And we can talk about that later. But today we are talking about how purity culture teaches us to not trust men, men who've not given us any reason to men who are kind and, and loving and who follow Jesus with their whole heart and would and don't and don't sexualize women and don't look at women in a way they shouldn't and don't mistreat women. They respect women and love women and see the value of women. Um, and still we don't trust them because of the way that purity culture taught us not to trust them. So we're going to get into some of the reasons why purity culture taught taught us not to trust men and how we can just like overcome that and what to do about it because it's really, really tough. Um, So one of my first thoughts with this is that it's so interesting that we are taught not to trust men 
by men. So a lot of us grew up in purity culture, grew up in youth groups hearing like, oh, don't all, all, your, all that boy wants from you is sex. All he wants to do is look at you and look at your body and look at your shoulders and look at your you know stomach when you're at the pool. And so that's all I make you cover up because all these boys are just looking at you all the time and you just have to like cover up and not cause them to stumble because they're animals who can't control you. And you're often hearing that from men. You're often hearing that from male youth pastors. And so it makes it really confusing in your mind of like, okay, you are a man telling me not to trust men, um, but you're a man. So how am I supposed to like discern who I can trust and who I can't? Because you're not really giving me any like reasons why I shouldn't trust them. You're just telling me that they're animals who sexualize me every five seconds and not really giving me any reason why. And those conversations start when we're really young. Like even when we're like early teenagers, like 13, 14 years old, hearing those kind of conversations. And it's like really confusing, especially when you're that young and still trying to learn and like trust people. And, and it makes you think like, okay, let's say you're a 13 year old and they're telling you all this and you're like, you mean my friend over here? Like, is it actually my friend because he wants to be my friend? It's because he thinks I'm like super hot and attractive and can't stop thinking about having sex with me. And it's like, we're 13 year olds. Like we're just wanting to be friends. And like, that's really confusing. Like, why can't I trust my friend? And it's like, it's just really, really confusing. And as you get older too, hearing that, because you're hearing it from a man who's telling you not to trust men. And so it's like, what about you makes you trustworthy then? Because you're not giving me any reason why I shouldn't. You're just telling me not to because they can't control themselves. And so it makes it really, really, really hard to discern like what you should, um, like who you should trust and who you shouldn't trust because it's a lot of blanket statements. And it's a lot of blanket statements that are usually pretty negative about men coming from men. And so I I didn't really think about this a lot when I was a teenager. Um, it's of what I'm about to say. It's more of when I've gotten older um, because I'm kind of in this world. But it's really interesting when you're hearing them say like, oh, you know, women need to cover up. They need to do this. They need to do that. And I, and I often wonder now, I'm like, is it because you can't stop looking at me sexually? Are you telling me to cover up because you can't control yourself and control your urges? And you look at me and think that I am an object for, to please you. Like, that's why I'm existing. Like, is that why you're telling me to cover up? Like, it's, it's really interesting because these men will tell us like, do this, do that. Um, and it's just like this big blanket statement. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to include you in that blanket statement then if you feel so passionate about the way women should dress. So it's really, it's really interesting and it's really hard and it causes a lot of like distrust in our relationships from men who haven't done anything wrong. And I'm sure it's extremely hard for men who have like not done anything wrong like that, who see their friends and in like loving ways that the way that Jesus made them, like they, they see their friends through that way. It's like probably really hard for them because they're like, you know, we're not all like that. Like, I don't do this. I don't know why that you've put me in this, like in this this um, group of men who would do this kind of thing. It's um, it's really tough and it's really hard to discern. And that's just one of the, the biggest things to me when we're talking about this kind of this conversation is that it's really hard to discern who to trust and who to not when it's a man telling you not to trust men. It's just very confusing. And it often leaves us like very like insecure about our conversations with men, our relationships with men, what we can say to them. Like, it's like, okay, if, if, if you are just like telling me that every man I'm talking to is sexualizing me, then like, how do I even be friends with a guy? Like, how can I ever talk to another man outside of my marriage? Like, and I do think it's okay to have friends. I'm like within your marriage that are of the opposite sex. Like, I obviously think that there's like 
levels with that like you don't want you know to spend a lot of time with the opposite sex and you know not tell your partner like there's there's things like that but I'm just saying like friendship wise like you're friends husbands and stuff like it really makes you like wonder like how can I be friends with this person if this is what they're all telling me all the time um it just makes it really hard to even have friendships and then the relationship aspect of it is is like just because you get married doesn't mean that the trust is just automatically there 100% for all men and so when you're constantly told that this is what you're what a man is thinking about you it's like okay well does my husband love me for anything else does he love me just because I can provide sex for him? Like, even if he has never said that whatsoever, made you even feel that way, those thoughts can still creep in your head because you've heard it for so long in your life. And so it's like, well, what do I actually like? What does he think about me? Does he just want me for this? Does he want me for that? And so it can cause a lot of a lot of issues in in your relationship and not being able to trust men and trust your spouse and think that they only want you from from one kind of like thing that you can do for them. And another level that this like affects us as well is that the heavy focus on our appearance and what our body looks like really tells women like that's the most important thing about you. When we're constantly being told, don't trust men because they're looking at your body this way. They're thinking about you in this way um, because of the way that your body looks. It really, <laughs> it really makes us feel like, okay, well, my appearance must be the most important thing about me. It doesn't matter how much I love other people. It doesn't matter how much I serve others, how much I love Jesus and how I'll go out of my way to serve other people or how the Lord has given me a gift in this certain way. And I'm like really shining, you know, shining in that gift, like really stepping out into that. Those good qualities about me, they don't matter. What matters about me is how I look, how my physical body looks. And that is so, so far from the truth. Like your identity is so much more than that is you have such an identity in Jesus. But when we're constantly being told things like that, it makes us really believe like that is the most important thing about me. So I guess my identity is just going to be wrapped up fully in what guys think about me. And that is so hard, especially as a like teenage girl, when there's so much pressure around you all the time to look a certain way and act a certain way and be a certain way, even in the Christian world, uh, especially in the Christian world. And then you're being told this on top of that. It's like, where does it matter? Like, how does the like who I am as a person fit into this conversation when I'm told my only value for boys is how I look, but don't trust them because they just want to have sex with you. It's so confusing. And when you're told that all the time, like they just want to have sex with you, how do they expect you just to like be okay and get married? And when you're told not to trust men, so it can make dating really, really hard because you already have this preconceived notion that that's all they want to do with you. And you feel like you have to have this big conversation about sex right at the beginning because you have to make that boundary clear from the very first time you meet them because you're told that's what they want all the time. And that makes it really hard too. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't set boundaries because you absolutely should set boundaries, but it's this like pattern of like, okay, I can't trust men because they just want to have sex with me. So I'm trying to date men and I have to go in with that thought of like, they just want to have sex with me. So I need to make it clear. I'm not going to have sex with them yet. And that needs to be the first thing that comes out of my mouth. And it seems a little bit dramatic, but I really do think that we go through those thoughts. We have those thoughts because we're being told this thing all the time that really isn't true. It really isn't true. And so our identities become what our appearance is, not because of who we are, what Jesus says about us. Our identities get so wrapped up in our appearance. And it's so interesting because 
they will tell us not to trust men because they're always trying to um, like have sex with us. And so we're not trusting men. But then on the other hand, they're also telling us, well, you have to cover up um, because modest is hottest because that's what boys will like. And so that's like another level of confusion because you're being told on one hand, don't do this because boys just want to have sex with you all the time. So don't dress like this. But be modest in your dress because that is hottest. And that's what boys like is when you're modest. So you need to dress this way so boys like you. Like, do you see the like complete opposites here? It's so confusing. It is so confusing being a girl growing up in purity culture because you're being told these things all the time. The only like common denominator is our appearance and our bodies and shaming women for having boobs when it's like the Lord gave me that. I don't know what else you want me to do with it. So, um, but that's like the only common denominator in this. It's all about our bodies. It's all about our appearance. It's all about what we can do for men, but it's also not about what we can do for men. And we have to cover up because of men. It's like everything about being a woman has something to do with a man. And that's so, that's so confusing. Like we're constantly told what to look like, how to look like, like what dress is okay, what dress is not okay. And, and what way it will make a man happy. And it's like, why can't you teach me about like being a woman that has absolutely nothing to do with a man. It's so confusing. I feel like I've gotten off track a little bit and kind of gotten on a rant about purity culture and men in general. But back to the um, purity culture teaching us not to trust men. Another way it made us not trust men is the language that it used when describing men. So it would say like, oh, he can't control himself. So you hear that a lot of, oh, a man can't control himself. And so when you're constantly being told that men can't control themselves, it makes it like really hard to like trust being around a man, like being in a room alone with a man, like that's not your boyfriend or not your husband, like in just a normal, even like everyday work environment, just like having to be by yourself with a man, it gets, it gets like really anxiety driven of like, well, can I trust him? Because I've been told my whole life that that he, they can't control themselves. And like Thomas and I have boundaries in our marriage where we try like in, in any as try as hard as we can not to be alone with the opposite sex. And sometimes things happen and it is what it is like with work or whatever. But like that is one of the boundaries that we've set. But there has been times where like can't help it. Just have to be like with my boss or something. And um, it's like. I would feel anxiety about it. I'm like, I feel anxious because, well, not because I'm crossing a boundary because I'm always telling Thomas like, hey, I have to do this. There's really no way around it. Sorry. Um, and, but it's like, I feel anxious because I'm constantly told that men can't control themselves. And so I'm like, well, what is he thinking about me? And is he thinking about me in this way? Is he not thinking about me that way? But he probably is because I've been told that my whole life. And then can I even trust him because I've been told they can't control themselves? And there's no real other like conversation around that. It's just men can't control themselves, period. Like it's just one sentence and there's no like, we're trying to teach them how to control ourselves. There's never been a conversation of women can't control themselves. It's just men have no control over themselves or their urges whatsoever. And it's like, what? <laughs> Men can definitely, we can all control ourselves. Like it says in scripture that we have power of self-control. And so it's like, where did, because of the Holy Spirit, you have that. And so it's like, what do you mean they can't control themselves? And it's almost like an excuse. And there's really no like fixing that or teaching you what to do when you have these urges or like have these thoughts or whatever. There's no conversation around that. And so we're just left like, the only thing we know about men is that they can't control themselves and they want to have sex with us. 
it really is just so confusing, especially when you're being told that men can't control themselves. But like, we can control ourselves. Men can control themselves. Some just choose not to. Some just give in to the temptation. And that is like not great. And that, you know, that person could obviously give you a reason to not trust them. But in general, there's been a lot of really good, kind men in my life who I have not been able to trust because of the things that purity culture has taught me. And it's always making me anxious and it's always making me have to be on my toes and think and like try to protect myself. And that's just really, really, really hard. And it's really not fair to the really kind men in my life. It's just not, it's really not fair for, for me to like put a label on them because of things that like a really toxic teaching has taught me. And it's really not fair. And I don't think that we, you know, do it on purpose that we're like, we just want to be unfair to men. So we're just not going to trust them, even though they've given us no reason not to. It's not like a purposeful thing, but it's just kind of like embedded is that the word? Yeah, embedded in us <laughs> um, that we just can't trust the, can't trust you. And so it's like really unfair because I know there are so many good men and I'm sure and I don't speak from like how toxic purity culture is to men a lot because I'm not a man. And so I don't really want to speak into like experiences that they may or may not have. Um, but I can speak into this because I know that it's just so unfair to them. And I'm sure it's so hard for the men who have like, you know, tried really hard to follow Jesus and treat women with respect and love and kindness and see women the way that God sees them. It's probably, it's really unfair for them to be treated like some kind of monster animal that purity culture wants us to treat men with. Um, it's interesting because they want us to treat men like, like have the, you know, perspective that they're always thinking about sex, that there's some animal but at the same time, there's a lot of men in our life who are pastors and that they tell us like we should respect these people and respect them. But it's like, how can you respect them when you're told not to trust them? And so it's like, again, really confusing. And that's why I said there's a lot of nuance in this conversation because it's just confusing and there's a lot of a lot of levels to it. And I definitely think that we should not just respect men, but respect all people. I think everyone is, you know, should have respect. And I think as Christians, we should definitely be respecting people. But it just makes it really hard when we're told like, you should respect this man, but also he wants to have sex with you. What do we do with that? What are you supposed to do with that? What are you supposed to do with that? And another thought on this as well is like, so we have this preconceived notion that like all men want us basically. And so that makes it really hard when there's a guy that like you maybe like, or that is your friend that you want to like you when he doesn't. So there's a level of rejection there just in general because you feel rejected. But there's also another weird level of rejection of like, but I am told that men, all men want to have sex with me. So why doesn't this man want to have sex with me? Like what's wrong with me? Um, that is really hard and heavy to carry because you feel rejected. And so it like makes you think that like every guy in your life that doesn't want you, like that there's something wrong with you. And I'm not saying that from like a self, like, um, like I'm conceited kind of way. Like I'm, you know, everyone should want me all the time. But when you are told that like the guys in your life are, animals and want to have sex with you all the time like when that doesn't happen it can leave room for you to feel very rejected I've definitely been there before where it's like I'm expecting all these people to like me and so they don't so I'm just like really confused and like what's wrong with me it's like it's a very weird place to be in because on top of that you're also feeling ashamed about your body because of the way that purity culture has taught you to be ashamed about your body and so it's just a lot of levels and it's like very confusing and the rejection can be really, really, really tough. Um, and so it really just makes me think like, 
where do we go from here? Like, how do we get out of this, like not trusting men because of purity culture? And, and again, this is not the conversation of like men, some, a man has given you a reason not to trust them. Like I had really intense trust issues for any man in leadership after the pastor, uh, the executive pastor of a church I worked at, he abused, um, an employee and one of my really good friends for like eight years. And it was really intense and really bad. And, um, And so when all of that came out, I was like, this is a person that I looked up to and I trusted. And I thought like I wanted to be you one day. And now like my whole world has come crashing down because of the abuse that you have, (laughs) you have put on us. I mean, I say us because there was the whole, I think the whole staff was under a lot of manipulation from this man. Um, But like he gave me a lot of reasons not to trust men. So I had to overcome that for a while. But then layered on top of that was because of the purity culture teachings that they, they taught me about men. And so it just leads me to like wonder like, where do we go from here? So we've like talked about all the reasons why they teach you not to trust men. And so it's like, okay, where, how, where do we go from here? How do we get out of this pattern of not trusting men. And I really think it's like, number one, the fact that we're talking about this and recognizing this in ourselves is a really big part of it. Cause I think that we could be subconsciously not trusting men and not quite recognizing what's going on. And then this is a way that can like bring it to your attention. Like, you know, take some self-reflection and see, and see what, see if that's something that you're working through. And then I really think it is like super important for people to start teaching about men differently, teaching about, um, the way that men are created by God and are loved by God and created by God on purpose. And, and like, they have so much worth and value and they aren't just monsters. Like they might just have urges or just like girls do, just like girls do. They don't know what to do with because no one's talking to them about it. So I think just like really getting to a place where churches and parents and mentors are talking about sex and talking about what it's like to grow up and like, and talking about your body and how it works and how it's a gift from God and it's a good thing. And so I think us starting to see men in that light, like really taking time to see um, how God created us the way he wanted us to be. And I, whenever I get into a like rut of like, man, I just feel like this stuff is so hard. I don't feel like God created me this way. I'm feeling ashamed about my body. Um, I'm not trusting a man right now. I usually go back to Genesis and the creation story. So I find a lot of peace when I read the creation story and how God created us perfectly in his image and created us to live in this perfect place of no shame. And then I'm like, okay, this is what God wanted for us. He wanted us to live in a place with no shame where we're naked and we don't feel any shame whatsoever in this perfect place that he created for us. And then sin entered the world and everything changed. But before everything changed, this is what God wanted from us. How can I see my fellow brothers, like my fellow friends, like my leaders, my mentors, like the guys in my life, how can I see them the way that God sees and the way that God created them, the intentions that God had for men in the Garden of Eden? How can I see them that way? And really asking for prayer from the Lord on that, like really help me get out of this like preconceived notions out of this like how can I get out of this like stereotype that they have put on men like and really just starting to build that trust back up. And I even think like having conversations about that with the men in your life and like just being really honest about that. If that's like an appropriate, you know, thing for you to do, like just being honest with that. And I think that can really help you get to a place where you are, you know, back 
trusting men. And it may not be an overnight thing. It probably is not going to be an overnight thing. Jesus provides so much redemption. And I know that he can redeem our thoughts, like our thoughts that we have about men because of purity culture, recognizing that those are not okay, recognizing that those thoughts are not true. They're not real. Replacing them with what is true and replacing what is true is that God created men on purpose for a purpose, like in his image completely and really resting in that I think will really help us get to a place where we're out of this like fog of not trusting men because of the way that purity culture has taught us and it'll help us to like be able to overcome it by changing the conversation around it and really just start having honest conversations with with the men in our life especially our husbands like just being really honest about like I am sorry that like I had this idea and that this maybe has caused issues in our marriage because I've just been taught this stuff for so long and it's been really hard to get out of it but I'm working on it and just having those really honest conversations I think will make a huge huge difference so if you are in this boat I'm so sorry I know just know that you're not alone like there's so many people who are trying to overcome this and really get to a place where like they trust the men in their lives. And so just know that you are not alone. And also another thing I think could be really helpful for you is therapy. I am not like a therapist. I am not licensed in that whatsoever. And so I can only help you to a certain point, but I really do think therapy is like a really good tool that could help you overcome this as well. Like if you're seeing really um, like distrust in like all relationships of your life, you know, in your marriage or with all the men around you and you're kind of feeling like you can't get to that point where it's just like a mind switch, like I'm saying, like, you know, reading scripture and like talking to the men in your life, like if you're still coming against a wall, like I definitely recommend you go into therapy and and really talking with a licensed person about it because I think that could be super helpful. It helped me. So I got to this point because of therapy. And so I definitely recommend that to you as well. So Thank you for chatting with me today. I had so much fun talking about this topic. Again, there's a lot of thoughts with it. It's very nuanced, um, but it was a good time. And I really, really, really would love to see you in the Say What memberships. And there's two options for you to join. You can join Say What Friends or Pelvic Health Besties. There also is an option for you to to join the Grateful Group. And that is just um, donating $5 a month to Say What and just Thank you so much for like supporting Say What um, and all that this ministry is. It just really means a lot to me. And so if that's something you're interested in, if you don't want to join the memberships, but you'd like to donate, um, you can do that on Patreon as well. So thank you so much, friends. I had so much chatting with, so much fun chatting with you today and we will talk soon. <laughs>